Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Big question today, is it even worth hunting deer in the late season? Want to know? Stick around. Hey, George back here with the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and bringing new insights to all hunters. Today, we are addressing the question, is it worth hunting deer in the late season? Now, guys, as always, if you've got a question for an episode, please let me know. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Reach me through the contact form. You can reach me through Facebook. You can reach me through YouTube. Let me know. Love doing episodes about questions. And today, we want to answer the question, is it worth hunting in the late season? Now, why do people ask this question? Well, they ask this question because they've gone out in the late season and seen nothing. Or they ask this question because they got nothing in the early season. And now they're like, what do I do? Should I even go out? Should I just call it quits for the year? And uh, guys, there's a few different ways to answer this question. Of course, you probably already know that it's not a cut and dry yes or no answer, right? It really depends. Bottom line is, yes, you can shoot deer in the late season, period. But is it worth going out? All right. It, I, the question is not, is it possible to shoot a deer in the late season? The question is, is it worth going out? Is, is it worth the time investment and the energy and everything else to go out and try to get a deer? Or should you just stay inside where it's warm and comfortable and do other things? Or, or, this is a big or, maybe you go hunt something else. Maybe you go out hunting ducks instead. Is it worth hunting deer in the late season? All right, so let's go ahead and break this down. 
Number one question that I need to ask you, if you're asking me, is it worth hunting in the late season, is how much do you need a deer? All right, how much do you need a deer? Now, need is a relative term. Maybe you need meat for the freezer. Maybe you need the deer in order to to satiate your ego. Maybe you need the deer in order to prove to your buddies that, that you're a decent hunter. I don't know. Maybe you need the deer to help boost your self-esteem because you've gone so long without getting a deer and you just really need to get a deer um, in order to, to, to boost your confidence and, and to help. You know, these are not all great reasons, but they're all real reasons, right? They're all real reasons. They're all things that motivate people. If you need to get a deer, all right, you got to... You got to look at this in different ways because motivation is compelled by one of these needs. And there are others. Those aren't the only ones, right? Um, You know, if you need to get a deer to show your buddies, you can get a deer. That's not a great reason to go hunting, period. But that will provide a certain amount of motivation. If you need a deer to fill the freezer because you need the meat, that's going to provide a higher level of motivation. I found if you need a deer because you haven't gotten one in so long and you're just desperate to get one or you've never gotten one before, that can provide an equally high level of motivation, maybe even higher than the the meat option because there's other ways to get meat, but there's not another way to check that box on the inside of you. If you need to get a deer for the sake of your ego, that's going to provide some but less motivation. All right. And and the reason that I frame it like this is because you need a particular level of motivation to push hard in the late season. If you don't have a lot of motivation, then, you know, it's just going to, you might go out one or two times and then, you know, if nothing happens, nothing happens. You know, you just, you're not going to put what you need to put into it to get something out of it. So can you take deer in the late season? Absolutely. Can it be a good use of your time? It absolutely can, but it's going to require your time. All right, if you just go sit in a tree somewhere and hope a deer comes by, uh, I mean, you're rolling the dice. And I don't like to deer hunt with dice. I have deer hunted with the dice in times past, and I'm over it. I am over it. I've had enough seasons where I haven't gotten a deer, period. Um, And I have filled my buck tag, I think, four or five out of the last four or five seasons. Because I change the way I hunt to stop rolling the dice. All right, there's always some degree of chance, but I am I'm stacking the deck. All right. So here's what happens: why the late season is more difficult. Although it's not always more difficult, but here's the reason: what's going on, and that is deer's pattern. Uh, excuse me. The pattern of deer 
and their movements and their habits change as the season goes on. I've done whole episodes about this. I've done episodes how to hunt deer in September, how to hunt deer in October, November, December, January. You can find those on the website, newhuntersguide.com. They're all out there. right? I've talked about that at length. I've talked about how to hunt deer at different times of the season. But where the deer are and what the deer are doing in the early season are not the same thing that they're doing in the rut, which is not the same thing that they're doing in the late season. They're going to be in different places. The cover changes, the food sources change, the behavior of the deer changes. And so whatever strategies were working good for the early season or working good for the rut are likely not going to work good for the late season. And the only way to change the game, to take control of the situation is to invest. You got to invest time. You got to invest focus. You've got to get out there. You got to get into the woods, you got to scout, and you got to figure out what deer patterns and movement are, and you got to find the deer and find where they are in the late season. The good news is, if you do this, and you push hard, and you learn it, and you figure it out, that knowledge is usually good for more than one year. All right, so if you've got, if you've got your own land, or if you've got a piece of public land, that you like to hunt, if you can find out what the deer are doing on that land in the late season, chances are they're going to be doing that or something similar to that every year in the late season. So if you're able to figure out deer behavior in your zone, in your area, in the late season, that will enable you to to hunt better with less energy and less uh, input needed next season. So um, there is something to be said for late season scouting and research and focus, even if you filled your tags, so that in future years, maybe you don't have as much time, you already have the intel. You know how the deer use the land. You know what the deer tend to be doing. Nothing is for sure. Nothing is always identical, but you've got that learning. And this is the big key to determine, is it worth hunting deer in the late season? You need to figure out this stuff. Now, people figure this stuff out for the early season. They figure it out for the rut, but they tend to never do it in the late season. Why? It's cold. They're tired. They don't want to. They got other stuff going on. The holidays are are coming or past. They get busy with family. They get busy with work. They just, they lose the motivation and determination. They lose the focus or they just don't think about it. They forget about it. And then you're like, oh man, I didn't get my deer. You know, I really want to go out. Is it really worth going out? And you start asking me these questions. And so this is what it comes down to. Is it worth hunting in the late season? Absolutely. Now, what do you have to do in order to figure this stuff out and to learn what you need to learn to be an effective late season hunter? Well, that's a great question. And part of the reason I'm able to answer that question is with the help of Tetra Hearing, the sponsor of this episode. Let me thank them briefly. Now, if you're listening to this episode, there's about an 86% chance that either you have some level of hearing loss 
or will before too long. 86% of hunters do not wear hearing protection. Some people think, George, it doesn't really matter for deer hunting. Guys, it matters every time you pull the trigger. Some people say, well, George, you know, I just hunt archery, so I don't really need hearing protection. You may be correct. However, I have hunted archery with hearing protection because the, because the tetras do more than just protect your hearing. They also augment the sound, increase the sound of the animals that you're hunting. So I can set them to deer mode and it actually amplifies the sounds that deer make. The sounds of them walking through the woods, the sounds of the grunts, the sounds of bleats, the sounds of all the different things that deer do, it amplifies the sound so I can hear the deer from further away while I'm wearing them. Another huge thing they do is they take a hearing test before you order them and they actually are calibrated to your hearing. So if you've got 30% hearing loss in one ear, they can boost that volume up 30% to compensate. If you've got hearing loss in the other ear, they can boost it by the appropriate amount to compensate so that when you put these on, you can hear better. It's, it's as if they're based on high-end hearing aid technology because they are. But then every time you pull the trigger on that rifle or on your shotgun hunting pheasants or ducks or turkeys, it, uh, it takes that sound and it reduces it to something that sounds about as loud as a BB gun. And then boom, your hearing comes right back. So you have instantaneous automatic hearing protection. You're able to hear the animals that you're hunting louder. You can set it to turkey. You can set it to waterfowl. You can set it to pheasant. You can set it to deer, elk, whatever you want. And then you are able to hear that game better while it then blocks out and diminishes the sounds that you don't want to hear, like wind noise. I got uh, my first pair of Tetras several years ago, three or four years ago at this point, and I have used them hunting absolutely everything, including archery deer, because I can hear the deer better wearing the Tetras than I can without them. And there have been story after story after story of people, you know, they pull up their rifle or their muzzle loader and they take a shot and, you know, they're in a different blind than they're normally in. Or they don't have it as far out the, they don't have the barrel as far out the blind as they do. Or they're in a, a tree stand that's boxed in a little bit differently. Maybe different terrain, maybe other trees close by. And then it reflects part of that muzzle blast back. And they've taken many shots with no apparent hearing damage. And then instantaneously, they lose the vast majority of their hearing and their lives are never the same. However, every time you pull the trigger on a firearm without hearing protection, you're potentially losing a chunk of your hearing. Maybe an itty bitty teeny little chunk, maybe a big drastic chunk or anywhere in between might not even notice it for a few years until all of a sudden you realize, oh, I've, I've got a problem. I can see the lips moving, but I'm not, I'm not making anything out. Why is everybody mumbling? And all of these kind of things often come upon people out of nowhere. So guys, I want to encourage you, wear hearing protection, but check out Tetra. The, the technology that they have developed patented, it is the absolute best hearing protection I have seen 
ever. And I wear my Tetra custom shields out into the woods, custom fit to my ears. I can wear them all day, every day. They feel amazing. I forget that they're in and I bought them with my own money. I've been a fan and a user of Tetra long before they became a sponsor. And I want to encourage you guys, check them out. They're not cheap, but you can get a 10% off discount if you use my code that you can find in the show notes of this episode or anywhere on the New Hunter's Guide website at newhuntersguide.com. It's also in the description of pretty much every YouTube video. So check them out. Get your 10% off. Look at them, guys. You can use health savings account funds to buy them. So, you know, if you're coming up towards the end of the year and you've got a bunch of funds there, you might be able to get into a pair for free. So thank you so much, Tetra. Really appreciate it. All right, now what do you need to do in order to go after these deer effectively in the late season? Well, you need to learn how they use the land, and the way that you do that is by scouting. Scouting is a little harder in the late season, though. Because deer aren't up as much during the day because they have a lot more nighttime. And this is the biggest thing, other than changing cover and habits, that makes deer hunting hard in the late season, is the days are shorter. In September, most of the day is daylight. So they have no choice but to move more during the day because they can't just sit for 16 hours. But in the wintertime, that's reversed. And so they can sit most of the day just fine if they want to. And so it's harder to see them on the move. So trail cameras are very important, but good old-fashioned looking for sign is also very important. What I recommend you do is, uh, if you're able, wait until you get some snow. Wait 8 hours or, or, or no more than 24 hours. And then go out and start looking for deer sign. Whether you're hunting or not, whether you're tagged out or not, learn how the deer use the land you have access to. You may not be hunting this late season, but maybe next late season you you might need to hunt. Learn now. While it doesn't matter if you spook the deer because you're not hunting them. Right, get out there. If there's snow on the ground, you can learn so much so fast about where they're going. Now, I'm usually talking about a couple inches, not a couple feet. A couple feet could change how they how they move, where they go, what they do. But if you get a snowfall and you can wait eight hours, half a day or a day, and then you can get out into the woods after the snow's ended, that is, and look for, okay, the snow stopped, where did the deer go? You can find their tracks, you can find their pellets, you can find what they're doing fresh right now, that day, as soon as the weather cleared, and you're going to be able to tell where they are and how they're using the land. Looking for things like scrapes and rubs, not really helpful this time of the year. Most of that activity's passed. What you're going to find is leftover from the rut, uh, but you want to look for the sign. All right. You want to find, you know, tracks. You want to put up trail cameras. A lot of people, they quit checking their trail cameras after the rut's over or after they fill their tags. Well, that doesn't help you for next year in the late season. Keep your trail cameras running till the end of the deer season, even if you're tagged out, so you can learn how the deer are are moving in that area. Now, what often happens is people, they say, okay, they'll do that, but they'll leave the trail camera in the same position. So December 1st, 
they don't see another picture of a deer or they might see one or two a week until the summertime or the springtime. Well, that doesn't help you. You got to figure out where the deer are likely to be when the cover changes, when the food sources change, and then move your trail cameras. You got to find more spots. And then you're going to probably want to set up more spot locations. So that could be blinds, that could, that could be stands, that could be an improvised blind or, or a pop-up ground blind. Uh, whatever the situation is, if you can find how the deer use the property in the late season, that's going to be the key. So, you know, some people, they have early season stands, mid-season stands, and late season stands. That's a lot of stands, but maybe you just, you determine spots, especially if you're a newer hunter, that tree stands aren't cheap. Like, well, I can get a tree stand for a hundred bucks. Yeah, you can, but then you need a ladder, which is who knows how much more. You need a vet or you need to, to have all the attachment points. You need extra ratchet straps to keep it safe. You need the things you screw on or strap onto the tree to hang your gear. You need a pull-up rope. You need carabiners. Just the list of expenses is much more than just the cost of the tree stand. Whereas you just find spots, you could go sit on a bucket. You can sit it. You just take a ground blind and pop it up. Um, you know, you maybe you have your one ground blind and you have it in one spot for the early season, and you move it to a different spot in the late season. What are you looking for in the late season? Two big things: cover and food. If you can find cover and food, then you want to set up for evening hunts. Evening by far is the best time to hunt in the late season. The last two hours of the day are the best two hours of the day. So get out there maybe three hours before sunset and you want to find food, you want to find cover, and you want to find the trails that connect the two. All right, the deer are going to hide in the cover, they're going to bed in the cover, or they're just going to mosey around in the cover to feel secure, and they need to find food, and the food sources are changing. Once the food from the early season's gone, then they move. And there may be food that, in the early season, they couldn't care less about. It's not great food. But come January, they're starving. All of a sudden, those woody shrub tips look delicious. They would not have eaten them in September because food was plentiful, but now that has become a legitimate food source. Um, you know, clover is one of those things that I'm amazed by again and again that even in January, deer will dig through the snow to find, find itty bitty traces of clover that are left in a clover patch. They'll dig through the snow to, to find brassicas and, and radishes and whatever else they can dig up. There's different crops that you plant for the late season versus the early season. Uh, if, you're, if you're planting food plots, but different food sources in the woods. You know, acorns may still be viable in your area in the late season. Now, in some places, there are no acorns by, by November. They're gone. But if there's a lot of food in the area, the deer will eat that food first, and then they'll switch to the less favorite food. So if you got red oaks and they're dropping acorns in an area surrounded by ag fields, well, the deer are gonna eat on the ag fields until the ag fields are gone. Then they're looking for plan B. So plan B might be those acorns 
um, in December, right? It, it, it's all relative. What you need to find, though, is how do the deer use the land that you have access to? And just assume the same spot is not going to work early, mid, and late season. In some situations, it will. But a lot of people, they the, the biggest issues they have deer hunting are because they just assume that's going to work fine and they just keep going to the same spot day after day and nothing happens. Well, if I sit in the same spot two days in a row and don't see a deer, I'm not going back to that spot. Now, I almost never hunt two days in a row to begin with, but you get to the late season and you get out for the last two hours of the day, well, that's not as hard, right? You get out there, it's no problem, no issue. Sometimes you get home from work a little bit early. You head out into the woods for an hour or two. Uh, so you can hunt multiple days in a row. I almost never hunt the same spot twice in a row. But the example is, you keep going to a spot and there's no deer there, stop going there. Go somewhere else. Find where they are. Go where they are. Now, the other things that make late season hunting difficult is the weather. All right, it's cold, it's windy. The wind makes it colder. It's probably, well, depending on where you are, maybe snowy. And you got to deal with much more difficult conditions. And you need a much higher caliber of gear in order to be comfortable in those situations. And that gear usually costs a lot more. It takes up space. It can really be expensive and difficult to build out a set of good late season gear and a lot of people, they just won't hunt the late season because of that. They're like, you know what? Whatever. I'll put all my time and energy into when it's warm. And then if I don't get something, then I'm just done. It's not worth the time or the money or the space to have all this late season gear. What do you do about that? Well, you cheat. All right? You cheat. So you take your mid-season boots. You throw hand warmers in those boots. You wrap those boots in stuff, to in cloth and fabric and baggies and whatever, the, to, to try to, to retain more warmth, to give more insulation, to create heat on the inside. You're like, why well, I, I, you know, my gloves aren't good enough. Or you get a hand warmer muff. You make a hand warmer muff, you know, out of old sweaters and wrap it in a windbreaker, and then throw some hand warmers inside. You you be resourceful. You're like, well, the wind just cuts right through me. Well, then you need a layer, some kind of layer. doesn't have to be $300 Gore-Tex that'll keep the wind off of you. Some kind of nylon, vinyl, plastic, something that'll keep the wind from going right through you. You, you don't have to spend a ton of money and buy a whole nother set of gear, especially when you're just talking two hours a day, three hours a day. This is not the same as being out at dawn and hunting till dusk. All right, the late season's a different game. So if you cheat a little bit, all right, if you if you're resourceful, you can you can make some gear work good enough for a couple hours. It's not going to last all day. It's not going to it's not going to be good for, you know, 3 days and nights in the woods. But for 2 hours, hey, you can you can get by for two hours. All right, especially if you've got a good hike in, get yourself all heated up. Usually takes an hour just to cool off anyway. Hey, you use whatever you can 
to your advantage, you're not trying, you're not hunting the same way you would in the early season or the mid season, especially during the rut when you might hunt all day long. You're, you're, it's a whole different game. Um, I like good gear. I like quality gear. I'm a gear junkie. I don't have a bunch of gear sponsors either. I'm very particular about what I buy and when I buy it, and I don't buy too many pieces of gear. Uh, you know, every year I get one or two usually different different items uh, just to slowly upgrade my stuff. But the bottom line is being resourceful, cheating a little bit, you can make cheap gear last for a couple hours, all right? So um, if you're an archery hunter, it can be tough though with the cheap gear because you got more bulk. It's hard to draw a bow. There are ways, but honestly, I recommend you getting a crossbow. You know, you could go on Amazon, you can go to a big box store, you can often get a crossbow for two to three hundred dollars. Um, that's the same amount of money you, well, actually you'd spend a lot more than that on a high-end coat, right? That to, to, to keep you warm and enable you to use a vertical bow easier. But also the colder you get, the stiffer you get, the harder it is, no matter what you're wearing, to, to use a bow. So vertical bow in January can be really tough depending on where you are. A crossbow is cheaper than the gear that you need to buy to shoot the vertical bow well, assuming you don't freeze up. So these are these are just practical things. If you can hunt with a gun in your late season, great. If you can't, I'm recommending a crossbow. It'll actually give you a little bit more range than a vertical bow. And you can wear all your cheap gear and, and wrap yourself up in all the layers that you can. And uh, you don't need as much movement to use it, which means your gear doesn't have to be as quiet, which is another way you can save money. So, um, you know, just little things like that, right? Um, you know, here's the thing. Oh, this is, it just blows my mind. All right, I could buy a $1,000 vertical bow that will be no more effective than a $265 crossbow, right? No more effective. Now, $265 compound vertical bow, I don't know that I would hunt with that. I just don't know that I would take that into the woods, that I would trust that. Um, I don't know that I could shoot that even well without a lot more practice than I'm willing to put in. But you can get a crossbow cheap. Cheaper than a good coat. Cheaper than a good pair of bibs. All right? Uh, way cheaper than a, a decent vertical bow. And then you can get out into the woods and you can hunt under conditions you couldn't hunt under otherwise. However, there's got to be deer there. So you got to find the deer. All right. That's the biggest thing. Learn where they go because they go somewhere. But also deer get more wary in the late season. They don't have as much cover. They don't have as much safety. They don't have as much security. So if you spook them, they may be gone. They may never come back till the end of the season. So you got to be careful, which is another reason why the best time to do late season scouting is in a year you're not hunting in a late season. Get out there, learn where they are, learn where they go, learn what they do. And then they will probably use that same land similarly year after year. 
So guys, I hope this is helpful for you. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com for more information. Check out the show notes. Get your discount and your link to check out Tetra Hearing. And uh, always, guys, would love to hear from you. Send me your questions. Send me your ideas. Uh, Head to iTunes and leave a five-star review with comment to help the show reach more people. I really appreciate you. Till next time, God bless you, and go get them in the woods.